Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Every week, we hop on a roller coaster, share laughter and tears on topics we might be ashamed to discuss. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Beauty Is Me. I hope everyone is staying safe, as I've always mentioned. And I think today is the best topic to discuss burnout, especially with essential frontline workers, people working from home remotely through Zoom. And what better way to talk about burnout than with this amazing guest that we have today. Her name is Charlene. Charlene is the founder of Everyday Coherence. She is the creator of the Say Goodbye to Burnout Method. I cannot wait to hear about it, Charlene. (laughs) And author of the upcoming book, Burn Bright, Not Out. Love that. I love that title. She helps ambitious and creative professionals overcome burnout without sacrificing their relationships, paychecks, or freedom. Clients arrive to Charlene on edge, unfocused, and exhausted, seeking to regain their confidence, clarity, and strength. Through formal training as a licensed social worker, (laughs) so I love it, (laughs) and mind-body modalities, Charlene brings a holistic and proven approach to the burnout recovery process with a compassionate and evidence-based system of support. We all deserve to live a life full of joy and meaning, and the Say Goodbye to Burnout method enables those who are suffering to regain joyful, connected relationships and professional success. Charlene, I'm so excited that you're here for many reasons, because this is like the perfect time to have this conversation. A lot of people are feeling burnout. Social workers are feeling beyond burned out. Frontline workers are feeling beyond burned out. And what's interesting is like when you look at the list of who's essential and who's burnt out, a lot of people are only focusing on hospital medical staff. We're forgetting about the supermarket, the people working in the supermarket, at Target, at Walmart, at Costco's, wherever you go food shopping, Trader Joe's my favorite place. The burnout there, we're talking about people who take care of others. So working in a residential treatment center as a social worker, as childcare workers, the burnout there, because you're still expected to come to work. Nursing homes, anywhere where there's like that care, that service that you have to provide to others. I think now the burnout is super high. So I am so grateful that you're here. This is the best time to talk about it. And welcome to the Beauty Is Me show. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jamily. I really appreciate you having me on. Yeah, we had scheduled to have our have this call, what, a month and a half, whenever it was. It was yeah. definitely pre-COVID. And yeah. so it's <laughs> true. I, I really appreciate you um, having me on and the, the timing is perfectly serendipitous. So we can really delve into, of course, burnout in general, because many people and many people that are essential workers now were coming into COVID with burnout or on the cusp of it. And so it's just, it's always a vitally important conversation to have, but especially now with everything going on. So thank you for having me on. Yeah, thank you. So let's talk a little bit about why, I mean, I can safely guess why you got into this. Obviously you're a licensed social worker. So, but what, what was your passion in really trying to focus on burnout and trying to help others who are feeling burnt out? So interesting to me anyways. It's an, it was an interesting process to get there. So yeah, I went into social work because I deeply knew that I wanted to work with people, help them really find a true quality of life. In my own healing journey, I came to a point where I was like, wow, 
I can experience joy in everyday living by connecting deeply to who I am within my body. So really learning how to connect body and mind with meditation, with yoga, with other active body awareness stuff, that there was this wellspring, this energetic wellspring of joy that was coming out of me. And for me, I really connect that to spirit, to God, to quantum field, whatever anybody wants to use the wording to. So when we can quiet our minds of all the extra chatter of the self-doubt of thinking super in the future, going way back in the past, et cetera, when we can quiet the mind and really learn to manage and work with our emotions. So really allow them to flow in when they come in and then naturally leave. It all allows for things to get quiet. And as that quiets down, then you get to feel that subtle energy of the joy and the connection that just naturally bubbles up. So as I sort of found that through my own healing, through through my own uh, process of being in therapy, of being a downhill skier, where I was just very actively connecting mind and body all the time. And then, like I said, doing yoga and all different kinds of stuff and really bringing me to that place of joy. I went, hey, you know what? I really am at the point now that I want to be able to give back right? Kind of transform my suffering that turned into great joy and really teach people how to tap into their own. Like I don't have the recipe of what's going to make you joyful, happy, particularly, right? But I teach people how to truly tune in and tap into their own wisdom within themselves to be able to get there. So certainly I went to social work school, got my master's degree in that, and really wanted to work with that holistic mind, body, spirit approach because that's what I believe in, right? And and that's what I find to be wellness for myself. And so I created everyday coherence, everyday coherence, meaning coherence of clear communication of body, mind, and spirit as one whole being. So every day being, you practice that on the daily, every day, and then it becomes your every day. So coherence becomes your new normal. And so I actually didn't realize that I was going to be working with people with burnout But it it just ended up being that my model of wellness really suited people that were experiencing burnout, which makes total sense, chronic stress, depleted levels of energy, disconnection of their emotions from their thoughts, definitely from their spirit, everything, right? And um, so, and the people that started coming to me were burnt out and I went, aha, I'm noticing a trend here. And so ultimately that's what brought me to working with burnout. And I see it as such an ideal, well, I don't know if the word's ideal, but an apt connection to my beginnings where joy, that wellspring of joy to me is kind of a driving force behind wellness for me uh, and my, my philosophy. And burnout is very much the modern day joy suck. Right? It sucks the joy, it sucks the life, it sucks the sense of self out of the person. Oh, yeah. And and I think it's the perfect opportunity right now to let listeners know what is burnout because people could give a definition of burnout and that's not exactly what it is. It could be something on their psyche, uh, uh, depression, anxiety, something else deeper rooted that's not as easily, um, I don't want to say fixable, but addressed, if you will. So let's let the audience members know what burnout really is. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So there's, you know, certainly different definitions and different symptoms that show up. But so my basic definition that I always give is absolute 
just total depletion of your internal resources due to chronic and ongoing stress that truly disconnects you from who you are. Yeah. 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 No, I was going to say, so in disconnecting you and who you are, when you've seen people come to you, is that in the state that they're coming in? Yes. Yes, absolutely. But it's not always obvious to the person that's coming to me because we don't really live in a society that says deeply connect to who you are. Right. <laughs> It's always symptomatic of something else. You're coming in because of a symptomatology of something else that's triggering the behavior, the feeling of burnt out. And so when they're showing up, they're not showing up and saying, hi, my name is Jamili and I'm burnt out. I, obviously, I would know because I'm in tune with myself, mind, body, spirit and being in the field. But other people would be like, I'm just frustrated. I can't do this anymore. Right. Exactly. I'm frustrated. I'm exhausted all that kind of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And again, not necessarily realize that they're not connected deeply to themselves because in our society, we are really taught to kind of, to really be paying attention to everyone and everything outside of us, Mm -hmm. right? We're not really so much told that we can actually trust our intuition, that we can trust our own inner knowing of what we need for wellness. And related to, say, definitely connection between body and mind. So my big thing is, like I said, is really learning how to inhabit your body Mm. for wellness, for joy, connection, and prosperity. And very much so, the intellect has, since the age of Descartes with, I think, therefore I am, seems like the, (laughs) the light bulb amazingness of like modern civilization. But in some ways, some very real ways, that was sort of like the downfall of our civilization, because that's when the body and the mind started to get really disconnected. That's when the spirit was disconnected from the whole being kind of a thing. And when so basically, we're taught that our minds and our intellect are the avenue and the path to success. And the more the intellectual and the more intellectualizing that we can be, then the more that we can really succeed in life and our jobs and all of that kind of stuff. But it's absolutely ends up being at the detriment of forgetting really that you have a body. The body becomes this, right? Right. I I have one of my clients, she worked in tech for many years. And when we were talking about it, she's like, yeah, I felt like I was, now that we're talking about it, I realized I feel like I was a floating head. I was just like moving around the office and I was talking to other heads around the office. But so the body becomes this nuisance thing that you have to drag around, that you have to feed, that you have to has aches and pains. And instead of being able to look at it as actually an asset and going, oh, my body has so much wisdom in it. These aches and pains are actually telling me, pay attention, Mm. right? And along with that is your emotional state. It lives within the body. And that's where the the emotions are experienced. Yes, you register it in your brain as, oh, that's sadness. Oh, that's joy. Right. Right. And it does, like, if you think the emotional pain does live within your body, it's the back aches, it's the tiredness, it's the sore muscles, and you're trying to figure it out. And it's, it's your emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely emotions. Yeah. And then digestion, digestive problems is huge, right? People with IBS or even just a general upset stomach, all of those different ways are messages saying, yes, we need to pay attention to how I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what's interesting, I had a conversation with someone else that I had on the podcast. She's a psychologist and she's also into 
spirituality. And our conversation was that it's interesting that when I went to school for social work, that really wasn't a topic of conversation in spirituality and bringing spirituality into social work or into the mental health field. It was more biological and what's going on. Biological and biopsychosocial, if you will, which is what our work is rooted in. The social work is rooted in biopsycho and social, but it's not biopsychosocial spiritual where we forget people. We kind of touch base on people's religion. We talk about religion, but we never Mm -hmm. talk about spiritual practices and beliefs. And it's interesting that as time has gone on, we've seen the importance of connecting the spirituality also into the work that we do in trying to work in healing our clients and healing the traumas that are going on with people and helping people through their healing process. And so it's interesting that you're talking about burnout and burnout is just a subset of also other things that are underlying factors. And so reading your work, I find it really amazing that now you're tapping into evidence-based models. And I think this is a great opportunity to talk about what some of those evidence-based models are that you're using with the clients in order to kind of to address burnout. Yes. So absolutely. Absolutely. So definitely I work very much from the premise of recognizing that the autonomic nervous system the sympathetic and the parasympathetic modes of managing stress is a huge factor and a huge and important thing to really look at Mm -hmm. because what ends up happening, so the very quickly, the parasympathetic is the rest and recovery mode, also Mm -hmm. called rest and digest. It's the mode that we are designed to live in most of the time. Then there's the sympathetic mode, which is the survival mode, right? That Mm -hmm. most of us are starting to hear about the fight, flight, freeze response. Which is what we're doing right now, right? (laughs) We we really are. That's a thing. In COVID time, we absolutely are. And to to also kind of mention on that piece is even before COVID, most of us and everyone with burnout was living in that survival mode. Yeah. But it's less obvious because that was just how life is. Life is busy. This is how we, how business gets done. So there was not really that questioning. It was just this normal thing. And now with COVID, you know, it's really kind of like a wake up call. (laughs) What's going on? Kind of a thing. Right. So just absolutely right. Intensifying the illuminating, I guess, if I want to call it, put uh, like aim it in more of a positive direction, illuminating the intensity of what goes on in our society on a daily basis. But then with COVID, it's really, yeah, it's bringing it more and more and more to light. Right, right. Um, <laughs> yeah. But so before COVID and now, right? So basically burnout neurobiologically is the body is stuck in survival mode, stuck mm-hmm. in the sympathetic mode of being in the nervous system. So or like living within <laughs> within your being with, within the nervous system. And so that sense of being always on, which I'm sure many people, whenever I do workshops and stuff like that, it's like people raise their hand. Yes, I know what the feeling of always on means, right? Or like yeah. feels like, right? And that is literally the nervous system stuck on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Makes a lot of sense because your nervous system hasn't had an opportunity to relax, to connect with everything else in your body. And so it's always like moving, 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 moving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the reasons. I mean, of course, it connects to belief systems, et cetera. But that's one of the reasons why, like on a nice Saturday afternoon, if somebody works Monday through Friday, they're like, 
I'm going to take the afternoon off. I'm going to do nothing. I'm going to sit down with a cup of tea and read my book by the window, right? And generally, I feel like I know you know where I'm going with this, right? Oh my, my Sundays, like Sundays are sacred for me. Don't ask me to do anything because, I mean, it has to be like your once in a lifetime opportunity event, like a baby shower or a bridal shower or a wedding or something. But if I don't have to go out, I won't. <laughs> So good for you. I'm actually coming at it from, I'm going to come at it from a different angle. Now, how is that for you when you're, are you able to settle into the book and sip your tea and just go, this is absolutely lovely? Sometimes because I am some, some of that on person. It's like, I'll sit and I'll watch TV and then I'll be like, that dish. Or I thought I swept yesterday. Why is that dust there? Let me sweep it and let me do it. Let me meal prep. Let me go fold this. Let me so I I it's my way of being off, but I'm I'm still on. So you're absolutely right. Yes. <laughs> I'm cooking multiple meals. I'm like keeping myself busy that like vegging out is so hard for me because I have to get up and do something else and then do something else and do something else. So <laughs> you call it out, you call it me out, Charlene. <laughs> oh girl, I'm calling you and pretty much every everybody out, right? You are. And so two factors there. One is that's one of the biggest pieces that ultimately I really work with and and teach people to do. And again, it's not me teaching them, it's them actually doing it. And then I help hold them accountable to it, right? Of like, when you have that urge to go and do those dishes, or you have that urge to do just about anything else other than the one self-care thing that you're taking care of is no, you allow yourself to sit there and be with that. And it might feel a little uncomfortable at first. Actually, it'll probably feel a lot uncomfortable at first. Yeah. And your mind may start racing or whatever it is. And again, that's when going back into the body, you know, different breathing techniques, et cetera, of like, okay, I'm just going to be present with myself right now. Okay, I'm aware that my brain wants me to go and do all those other things, but I am choosing, I'm making the conscious choice to be here now because I'm learning to truly value rest and recovery. Mm-hmm. Okay, Charlene, you calling me out. I'm, I'm going to practice it tomorrow, tomorrow, Sunday. <laughs> I'm going to practice it tomorrow, okay? Good, good for you. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. So, Charlene, in speaking of burnout, and your work is to help people release the burnout and not necessarily get frustrated because I think it's important, especially in the intro your bio and in your work, that we can't mistake in burnout with feeling frustrated with your job. Because what I have seen is that people feel burnout and they're not taking care of themselves, practicing self-care, and they're comparing that to feeling frustrated in their job and wanting to leave. Now, there's a huge difference, obviously, you know, if your job is not meeting your needs, um, your career goals, your energy no longer matches with the management or administration or just the organizational model, then that's something different. But if it's, it's a situation in time that you're not able to kind of control and manage your emotions, how do you help people release that and be able to come back to work refreshed, renewed, and ready to be like, okay, I do, I do love my career. I do love my job because if we don't do that, then we're feeling burnt out here. And then it's manifesting and you go to another job and you're going to find the same frustrations, same frustration, same frustration, because you haven't worked on mind, body, and soul. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. You absolutely recognize that and you hit the nail on the head with that. Absolutely. So yeah, I definitely just to to comment on the, the job piece of it, right. It's like, 
there are situations where there might be toxic, like truly toxic work environments, right? Like a lot of the way that we do business has like a level of toxicity, right? Like the expected high increasing productivity, the boundaries between that are blurred between what's work life, what's business. Yes. The boundaries is a big one, especially I think since we've moved to everything being at the grasp of your hands. Yeah. And having work cell phones and people thinking that they can email you at any time at night and expect an immediate response. So that's important to note that it's true that there's bosses who think that, oh, it's Saturday and I expect a response from you. It's your day off, but I expect a response because you have an agency phone or, or an agency computer or tablet or whatnot. So, yeah. Exactly. And so to stay on, we might as well for a moment stay on that, that the boundaries topic is since it's a really, it's an important one is so the difference between like, a toxic environment versus just an averagely how we do business these days would be that if you really recognized, okay, I need to set some boundaries. What are those boundaries? One could include, as you were, as you were mentioning, right, that I don't answer, answer my work phone on the weekends. Mm-hmm. And then making that for yourself, setting that for yourself, knowing that it's going to feel a little uncomfortable for you, right? that there's going to be feelings and thoughts that come up, right? Maybe saying like slacker, maybe am I going to get fired? You know, all different stuff, right? Coming up and then voicing that boundary to your boss, right? And saying, I, whatever it is, right? I enjoy my job. I love working here, but I'm realizing I need to make sure for my own mental health that I really just take the weekends as me time, downtime, so I don't burn out more. So just know that if you send something on a Saturday, I will not be looking at my phone or responding to it until Monday. Mm-hmm. And now there may be a dialogue back and forth and maybe you'll say, well, wait, but it, what if it's a total emergency or whatever, right? And be able to maybe negotiate it. But it becomes a toxic environment. It becomes a toxic thing when your boundaries are expressed, but then not but not respected. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Guys. (laughs) Yes. Hugely. And you need to be the first one to recognize, right? Like what are my boundaries? What are the important boundaries? What are reasonable boundaries, right? Like you you wouldn't be able to say to your boss, I don't answer my phone between like 11 a.m. and 4 p.m. on later. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, stick to realistic boundaries that won't get you fired. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. And then that that work for you kind of a thing, right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, right, it's like a lot of some people will say, well, I'll just need to like, I'll quit my job and I'll go get a new one, right? And so unless it's like a toxic work environment, or it's just really not a right match for you, for your values, for just like the direction that you want to take your life in. Maybe you're not, feel like you're not in the right career, et cetera, that leaving your job is not going to fix your burnout, right? As you were mentioning earlier, all of the same issues that created the burnout are going to follow you to your next job. You may have a sense of like a second wind by starting the new job, right? Kind of this sense of, yes, okay, this is it. I've gotten out of that situation. I'm able to like, I'm not going to be burnt out anymore. But all of those underlying stuff is all the underlying stuff that created that is still there. So then after like, depending on the person, right? After a month or so at the new job, all of the same symptoms crop back up. And so that can be even more devastating for people because they're like, oh man, now I'm really effed. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
So kind of getting, you, you had one question and I'm going in like three different directions. That's no, cool. just, you know, just to talk about like ways that the boundaries is important. What are other ones? Yeah. So the boundaries are important. Recognizing that switching jobs is not necessarily going to fix your burnout. Right. Mm -hmm. And that truly, as you were mentioning, it really, it ultimately really is an inside job for yourself of really recognizing, okay, how does my day-to-day life affect me internally? my emotions, my thoughts, my energy level. So really what I do, one of the big things is helping people to recognize what I call their tigers. We could call them triggers. Basically, I call them tigers because of the central nervous system, or excuse me, not the central, the autonomic nervous system, where back in Neanderthal times, it was the saber-toothed tiger that jumps out at at the person. And then that's when the fight-flight freeze response comes on, Mm -hmm. right? But these days, these potential tigers are coming at you from every direction, right? Whether it's the, your phone has the alerts, right? Like your phone has an alert and immediately, right? Like there may be a shot of dopamine where it's like, oh, this is exciting. But for most people, it's more of that shot of adrenaline, cortisol. Oh my God, right? So that's just one of the, all of the potential ways that the, the cortisol and the, all of the other stress hormones come in which then just really shoot that, your survival response back up. So I really help people to, or well, yes, I help people to do that. Um, and I also, for your, for your audience, or for our, the listeners here, really recommend just noticing your body's response to these daily tigers, right? Like you could even make a list of the tigers. I'm taking this personal. I feel like you're just preaching to me right now. <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. Yeah, so talking about yes work phone rings i'm like exactly (laughs) so let's work with let's work with that one for example right the work phone rings you notice your automatic response and then two main things i would recommend at this point for you and for anyone recognizing going oh yeah the tigers right is really consciously going okay the tiger just got me Right. And And that's important is naming it and knowing, okay, this is the feeling associated whenever the phone rings or I get a text message or an email. Exactly. Because that automatic response of the nervous system is in the subconscious. It's the subconscious emotional part of the brain. So when we can name it, we're putting it into our conscious aspect of our ability to notice. And then make a shift and, and choose and start to choose differently. So actually changing our neurobiology, right? So yes, the first thing is naming it, going, oh, got caught by that tiger. Oh, yep, this is how my body feels when the tiger happens, right? And then... What can I do? Right. And then it, what can I do, right? And so there's a couple of different things just... I mean, there's many, many different ways to work with it, but I'll say a couple of them. One is just noticing the physical sensation in your body and breathe and, uh, and focusing on that just focusing on that and breathing in and out of it, not creating a story in your head any bigger than it already is, right? Just leaving it there, breathing in and out and allowing that to shift and move because it will, it doesn't stay forever, right? So every time that you you notice it, you label it and then breathe into your body, you're helping to create a different response to it. You're really kind of taking command over your own experience. The other thing related to that is since the, it is the automatic response of our nervous system, basically it's telling, it thinks, it doesn't know that there's a difference between a true life-threatening, I'm going to be killed by a tiger, or I'm going to be killed by 
my phone ringing, right? Basically, it's sending a message to the brain, I might die, mm-hmm. right? And consciously, we don't know that that's what it's saying. So one other thing that we can do, I mean, again, we can do many things, but one of the very conscious things is breathing, you know, other than really focusing on the body, breathing in and out of it, is actually, again, consciously, right, using the conscious part of your brain and saying, I'm okay, the phone call is not going to kill me. It may feel like I'm going to die, but I'm not going to die. So it's reprogramming the subconscious to know that every time the phone rings is not a death threat. Mm-hmm. So we got tiger, we've got boundaries. What else do we have? Making sure, well, back up for a moment. One huge thing is starting to create the mindset mm-hmm. that rest is just as important as action. That's a, that's a great one. And I think everyone talks about it. I know everyone posts self-care is important. Taking time for you is important. But the reality, Charlene, is that a lot of people don't know what rest, relaxation is, which is the same thing where people struggle with meditation. You sit there and you're like, I got to go school shopping and I need bread, water, this, this. And you're sitting and you're trying to meditate and then you try to come back full circle. And then you're like, and then I have to go do this, 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 and this. Because we've been in this world where it's immediate gratification. Mm-hmm. Everything everything. You want to find out information. It's not like back in the days, you would have to go to the public library and go read up on this and type up or write your essays, et cetera. Everything is right then and there, right then and there. And so information overload is all a lot. So I think that it's important to recognize that. Yeah. It's like, give yourself permission, right? Is really recognizing, okay, I, it's important for me to honor rest just as much as action and productivity. And then start to do practices such as breathing in and out of the noticed sensation Mm -hmm. or formal seated meditations can be one of the ways. But starting to really allow yourself to not be on the go all the time, even if your nervous system and your brain (laughs) and everything else is like, we need to go. Right, right, right. Right. So just keeping that in mind, keeping the mindset of, okay, rest is just as important as action. And the bonus is that when you can learn to fully rest, you can also be fully engaged in activity when it's truly needed and wanted. So one of the, yeah. So the other main piece is making sure to really take what I call mini breaks Mm -hmm. throughout the day, right? I know that it can seem a little bit tricky, especially right now for essential workers, but the truth is we can find two minutes mm-hmm. every three hours, mm-hmm. kind of. A every three hours. <laughs> I, I, right? Think to yourself in the mirror and talk to yourself in the mirror while you're washing your hands. Sing the happy birthday song, something, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, that absolutely a, a perfect, perfect one to, yeah. to bring up, right? So doing mini breaks throughout the day, And as you were saying, a great idea is, yeah, every time that you go to the bathroom, make it a really focused time to rest, not a, I'm going to speed walk to the bathroom while I'm using the bathroom. I'm going to be thinking about what I need to do when I get back to the office. And then when I'm washing my hands, I'm then thinking about the shopping that I need to do later. Right. Right. But really using that time. And yes, it's going to take, it's going to be tricky, probably. It's going to, it's going to take discipline to reel that brain back in, right? But that's what it takes. So it's simple stuff, 
but not necessarily easy because it's not the way that we normally do it. So walk to the bathroom at a normal pace and just notice yourself walking, feeling your body in motion walking, right? Go to the bathroom, be present with all of that, just being with yourself. And then, as you mentioned, I love that with washing your hands. You could sing the happy birthday song. You could just even focus on the lathering of your hands. But having a song helps to kind of, you know, distract you in an, or, you know, refocus you in an, in an easier way than, than noticing the suds on your hands. Like that, you know, that takes a little, a little more relaxing. So maybe like do the happy birthday song the first week. And then the second week, try it without the song and just noticing the warm water on your hands and the suds. So, right, mindfulness actions. And really, it's like, to me, it's all of this stuff is mindfulness because it's about returning to the present moment and choosing an area of focus, whether that focus is paying attention to how you're walking, focusing on your breathing, focusing on the happy birthday song, that kind of stuff. So, making sure to take those mini breaks throughout the day instead of steamrolling until the end of the day is a huge game changer when it comes to burnout recovery, when it comes to just, yeah, not having that same level of exhaustion and really being able to be at work, do your work, be present with what you're internally going through, as well as being able to respond versus react while you're at work. And then you, over time, you'll feel less exhausted, more, even more capable, more self-assured, all of that kind of stuff to reduce burnout. And that's just part of the ongoing self-exploration process of learning how to be present and accounted for within yourself as you're engaging and working through your day. So Charlene, where, when is your book releasing? That's what I want to know. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Well, interestingly is because of COVID stuff, it's actually, it's being postponed. I, so I'm doing, it's, it's through Quarto Publishing and I have a wonderful editor. And so I wrote the first draft manuscript of it in fall of 2019. And then we've been in the editing process since then. And then, gosh, it was right at the beginning of COVID stuff coming in at like beginning, middle of March that I was doing the more or less final edits before it then goes to the copy editor. And there's just a few more things about, and then I, so I submitted that. And about a week later, my editor sent a really sweet email to me, basically saying, given everything going on, we've had meetings based <laughs> on industry projections, et cetera, et cetera, that it's going to be postponed. So it was going to be out in September, I believe September 8th, 2020. But now they're looking at it's going to be projected for March of 2021. Okay. Well, guys, be patient and, and wait for it. But in the meantime, where can people find you? Absolutely. Wonderful. Thank you. So they can find me at my website, Everyday Coherence. Dot com And actually right there on the homepage is a 35 minute interview that I did with someone. Uh, well, well, they interviewed me on really self care and really making the COVID pandemic time a time to actually recover from burnout not become more burnt out. So if people are interested in, in watching that there's a lot of good information in that. Um, and then also I'm on Instagram at everyday coherent and 
I think those, those are the two main ones. I don't need to pile on any more information. Because when this gets released, I will definitely upload uh, your Instagram handle so that people can follow you as well. Beautiful, wonderful. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So Charlene, thank you so much for spending your time, for being accommodating and having such a good conversation because this was necessary. Your story is my story and we're all in this to try to heal each other and to find the beauty within everything and all the mess that's going on. So I truly appreciate you for being here on the Beauty is Me podcast. Thank you, Jamily. Thank you so much. Yeah, and as you, as you were saying, that we're really all experiencing this and healing together. I got goosebumps like all over my arms. I was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. So my pleasure. I love our conversation and ideally, and it sounds like our listeners, your listeners, our listeners, hey, oh, listeners, <laughs> will ideally get some really wonderful stuff from this. Yes. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Beauteous Me podcast. Please be sure to download new episodes every week and send us your girl, what were you thinking or asking for friend stories to info at imbeauteousme.com. All entries remain anonymous. Also, don't, 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 don't forget to rate, review and hit the subscribe button now.